We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, as I said, we're in part two of a four-part series. If you're new here or listening online, um, we will dive into part two of I Want to Believe But today. Um, And here's the thing. There's so many people who want to be God followers, but there seems to be this barrier. There seems to be something maybe that happened in their life uh, that keeps them from believing. Maybe God didn't answer the prayer for their loved one who was ill and they passed on. Maybe they see all these senseless acts of violence in our world and it causes them to have trouble believing. And then there are those that say, I I really don't want to believe in a God or worship a God that is just all about rules and rules and rules and regulations. I mean, I I want to have fun. I I don't want rules. And I believe that most people who have these thoughts, I don't really believe that they are rejecting God per se, but I believe that they have a false perception of who God is. I believe they have a distorted view of who God is. So let me tell you where we're going for the next few weeks because I know you are inviting people and as you're hearing these messages, people are coming to your mind, maybe co-workers, family members, friends. So I want to tell you where we're going for the next few weeks. Um, Next week, we're going to dive into part three and we're going to talk about the person who wants to believe in God but says, I can't feel God. Um, We're going to title that Goosebump God. Goosebump God. The person says, "I, I... I have trouble believing he is real because I just don't feel him. Then part four, our final installment of this message series, we're going to talk about a message titled Heartless God. This is for the person who says, how could a God that is that good and that loving allow all these tragedies to happen? How could innocent kids die? How could senseless acts of violence take place in our nation almost on a weekly basis? How could God allow this. We're going to talk about heartless God. But today, someone say today. Today I want to talk to the person that says, I want to believe in God, but I just don't want to be a part of all these rules pushed on me. And it seems like there's a lot of do's and don'ts with this whole thing. Um, I, I want to have fun. And Christians seem to be boring and rigid and narrow-minded, and that's not really the life that I want to live. And so today we're going to talk about a message I've entitled, Kill Joy God. Kill Joy God. Can you say that with me? Kill Joy God. I know it sounds a little awkward, but some people believe that God is out to kill their joy. And they say, I I don't want to worship a God who doesn't want me to have fun or doesn't allow me to have fun. How many grew up in church? How many, raise your hand if you grew up in church. I grew up in church and, you know, I encountered a lot of different types of Christians growing up and there were some great ones that I encountered, but there were some bad ones too, right? There was some that I want nothing to do with. There was the judgmental Christian, right? That always looked down on others if they didn't look like them, act like them, or smell like them. 
right? And then there was the, the better than, the better than, the Pharisee, the Pharisee Christian, the high-minded, the hypocritical one. And then there was the ones that just dressed weird. <laughs> and I'm like, if that's what me and a Christian is, then I don't want to be a part of that because you just dress weird. And, um, you know, so th- and then you had the ones when you came into church and, you know, they, they were so spiritual that you're like, man, they've never sinned in their life because you say, how you doing, brother? Oh, God is good. And then you would you would have to say back to them all the time and all the time. Right. And so you had the little Christian lingo that you played. How you do it? Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When you just know that like, their marriage is jacked up, their kids just fell off the wagon and, they, you know, their finances are in the tank, but God is good. I'm, I'm great. No, really, how you do it? Oh, I've got, the blessing of the Lord is overtaking me right now. Really, I can't take any much more of it. And they were fake. Huh? And they were like, wait, 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 wait. Like, I know you jacked up right now, but can we be real? Like, do we have to always give the Christian lingo and the Christian answer? Well, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, I'm great. Right? Do we, do we always have to act that way? And people, many people, they portrayed Christianity as the most boring life ever. When the opposite is the truth. Because many people in churches all across our nation today have bought into the lie of religion versus Jesus. And so their life is all about religion. Their life is all about an outward appearance. And so I, I want to break this down today, and I, I'm going to try to teach this because my voice is struggling, and I really want you to grab this. And I believe this is the most important message that you've heard all year from this place. And I believe this is the most important message for those who are new believers, not only new believers, but for those who have been Christians for a long time. Because we can all tend to side on the religious side. We can all tend to go down that path and forget that this is all about a relationship with Jesus. So let's unpack this. Today I want to talk to you about the good news of Jesus versus the bad news of religion. The good news of Jesus versus the bad news of religion. Some of you were raised very religious, right? You went to Mass, right? You did the communion, right? You confessed in the little box with the priest, right? Yeah, very religious. And so you went through the religious motions. And whatever denomination, however you were raised, you had religious acts that your parents or your family members told you you had to do to be right with God. And so because of a learned behavior, that's all you know. That's all you know. But as my father always said, he went to church every week but never knew the guy in church that they were talking about. He was raised Catholic and went through all those ceremonies and all these religious acts, but he came to a point in his life where he was in a jail cell and encountered a relationship with Jesus, and he put aside the bad news of religion. Religion is bad news. I was talking to a guy a few months ago and just meeting him and sharing kind of who I was, and it's always funny when you introduce yourself to people, and then, well, what do you do? I'm a pastor, 
it's always funny to see their reaction because they, their mouth, you know, cleans up real quick. You know, he was saying a few choice words before that. And, you know, it's like, oh, God, yes, yes, pastor. Oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Wait, you just said. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking with him, and he's like, man, I'm so religious. I'm the most religious person ever. He's, he's, going, he's going down his list, right? He's telling me all them. And, and I looked at him after about five minutes of him telling me all the good things he's done, all the good deeds he's done in his life. And I said, I said, you know what I think about religion? He goes, what, what? Tell me about it. I go, I hate religion. I hate religion. And he looked at me with this confused look. And I said, religion will never get you to heaven. And then for the next 10, 15 minutes, I begin to unpack what a relationship with Jesus is. And this guy ended up giving his heart to the Lord that day, realizing that he was taking the medicine of the bad news of religion for too long. And so today, let's talk about this. There's good news. There's bad news. I want you to stay with me. There's a payoff at the end. Trust me. But I'm going to get into some things. I'm going to try to break it down as simple as I can for everyone to understand. See, religion is man-made rules to try to please God. The bad news about religion is this. Religion focuses on the external rather than the internal. Let's say that together, church. Religion focuses on the external rather than the internal. And Jesus talked about this in Matthew's gospel. And Jesus kind of had this tension between the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were the modern-day church leaders back in those days. They were the ones that were looked up to. They were, they were the ones that, that supposedly kept the law, every dotted every I and crossed every T. And Jesus speaks this to them in Matthew chapter 23. Check this out, verse 25. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. I mean, how many think Jesus is a little fired up? His ears are turning red right now, right? He's a little excited right now, and he's speaking some things. He says, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. Uh-oh, he just went there. Like, back in the day, that was like talking about your mama, right? <laughs> like, you blind, you can't even see. You can't even see. Now, these were the men that were looked at as holy. These were the, the pastors, the priests, the elders, the deacons, whatever you want to call them of those days. Jesus strikes, blows up their spot in the middle of everybody. He says, you're blind. He said, first, clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. What is Jesus saying about this whole cleaning the cup and all this? Uh, Jesus was trying to tell them, listen, you put a great show on. Your show's really good, and people buy tickets to come to your show. And on and, and, and the outside, you look very holy, and you look very righteous, but inside, you're dead. Inside, you have no life. Inside, you have no love because you're trying to please God with the way you look. You're trying to please God with works alone, and you cannot please God with works alone. Hmm? And we try to do this, right? Because there's this gap between us and God. Here's us, sinful humanity, unholy us, and there's God, 
way off in the distance, holy God, righteous God. I mean, there's this huge gap. And so we think, we think that if, if, if we try to close this gap by attempting outward human efforts and with religious acts, then maybe that gap will get closed and we'll feel closer to God. Stay with me. There's a payoff at the end. And we try to close these gaps of our sinfulness by trying harder, by being better, by doing religious things. Don't we? And I, I, don't, I don't know what your religious rules that you've ad, ad, uh, adopted. Maybe it's, you know what? If I don't go to church, I'm not close to God anymore. Maybe it's, if I'm not nice to people, maybe if I don't help old ladies across the road, then, then I won't be closing that gap. And, and maybe it's, if, 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 if I give money, then I can help close that gap. If I serve on a team, then I can help close that gap. Stay with me. We're going somewhere. And so, so, so may, maybe there's some things that you've adapted, and, and maybe there's some things that you've adapted that you say, I can't do. I can't do, they're, they're, you know, I can't, I, I, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't run with girls who do. I just can't do those things because that will cause a separation between me and God. And this is the mindset of some of us. This is the mindset of religion. I'm going somewhere and I think I'm going to preach. I, I felt my help coming right there. And, and we think that if I do these things, then maybe I'll be right with God. Maybe I'll be right with God if I'm there every Sunday of the year. Maybe I'll be right with God if I serve on multiple teams. Maybe I'll be right with God if I help that old lady with groceries. Maybe I'll be right with God if I say a prayer every other month. Maybe I'll be right with God if I go on a mission trip. Maybe I'll be right with God. If I confess my sins every day, I got to do some things to close this gap. Hmm? Religion focuses on the external rather than the internal. Jesus, we know, be many scriptures. This is just one that we read a minute ago, but there are many scriptures where Jesus calls out these Pharisees and Sadducees. They were sad, you see. Yeah, I know, bad church joke. <laughs> but some of you laughed because it's the first time you heard it. That was for you. I had you on my mind. They were sad. And uh, at Jesus, Jesus would call them out because what they did, they did all these external, external religious acts. They would do these long prayers in, in, in the city circle the downtown area of the city, and they would stand up. They would be elevated, the Bible says. They would be elevated so everyone could see them. And they would do these prayers, and they would do them real loud because they wanted everybody to think they were right with God. And they would have these beautiful robes on that made them look very holy, right? They'd have these robes on when they would say these long prayers. Someone say long prayers. Yep. They would condemn people who did not follow their list of rules. Notice I said their list of rules, not God's list of rules. Their list. Now stay with me. 
Some of you are going to have to listen to this over and over again because I'm going to break some stuff down here in a minute. Are you ready for it? So outwardly, they looked holy, but Jesus said, you're dirty. You're dirty inwardly. There's nothing holy about you. You're religious. You're trying to make people think you're holy. And if, if we were to all be honest in here, we've all, we've all done that before. Like, I'm just going to lift my hands like the certain way, because if you lift them this way and you turn them in, it means you're really holy. Because you're saying, God, I, you know, I'm turned towards you and my hand is turned, you know. And we do all, have all these Christian cliches that we say to people to make them think that we're right with God because we're trying to close that gap. Not only in our minds we're trying to close that gap, but in the minds of others. So outwardly, outwardly we portray we're holy. Outwardly we let people know. Well, I do this, I do that, I do that, I give this much, I serve this much, outwardly. And, and Jesus is like, no, no, ain't nobody got time for that. And, and, and so he says this, I love this. He says, it, uh, Matthew 23, verse 3 and 4, just jot it down. It says, Jesus speaking, he says, for they don't practice what they teach. They don't even live what they're teaching. That's what he said. They're hypocrites. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. This is what Jesus talks about. The church leaders of those days, they crush people with religious demands and they never lift a finger. They put people down. There's no love in their heart. There's only the bad news of religion in their heart. And when you got the bad news of religion, love cannot coexist with religion. So, 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 what, what are we talking about? Like, are, are, are you saying like, you know, they tried to get people to obey the Ten Commandments? Or are you, are you saying they tried to get people to obey the Torah, which was the first five books of the Bible that God gave the Jewish people? which the promises, the prayers are all in the Torah. Um, are, are you saying that? No, 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 no. Listen to this. Listen, listen to what the Pharisees and Sadducees did. What they did is they made up, someone say made up, over 600 laws and rules that they tried to add on to what God had already spoken. 600. Now check this out. They, they, they added 600, over 600. 65 of those laws that they added were do's and don'ts about keeping the Sabbath. So today is considered the Sabbath. It's Sunday. It's the time we gather and come to God's house. So they had 65 do's and don'ts just about what to do, what not to do when you come to church. Right? I, I'm sure one of them was you can't drink coffee in the auditorium. Yeah, I'm sure that was there. Right? So they, they, they put all these demands and they were man-made do's and don'ts. This was not a reflection of the heart of God. It is what people added to what God already had established. Hear me, hear me, hear me. This was not after the heart of God. This was the heart of man adding to what God had already established. Stay with me, stay with me. Outwardly, we can look like we got it all together, right? 
Outwardly, we can put on a show like the Pharisees. We've all done that. Outwardly, we can do good things thinking we can close that gap between us, unholy, and a God who is holy. Outwardly, we think that, that if, if, if we say these prayers, if we do these things, then we'll be right with God. But now I want to talk to you about the good news of Jesus. Are you with me so far? Romans chapter 3, verse 20 and 22 says this. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by what? Of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now, apart from the law of righteous, righteousness of God, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Verse 22, the righteousness is given through what? Through what? In who? In Fuel Church. No? And your grandfather who was a believer. And your spouse because they're strong in their faith. Oh, and your pastor. Oh, through faith in who? Jesus Christ to all who believe. I love this part. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Now, what was that? That was the separate, that was the racial tension back in the days. That was God's holy chosen people, the Jews, and the outsiders, the ones that lived on the opposite side of town, the ones that the Jews looked down upon, those who couldn't receive the promises of the Torah because they were known as the sinners, the misfits of those days. And here it says, there's no difference no matter where you were born, who you were born to, no matter your color, your race, no matter what you've gone through there's no difference all it takes is those who believe in the person of Jesus Christ you can give God a praise for that three simple thoughts about the good news watch this number one you cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law you cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the religion says good works please God scripture teaches you cannot be good enough to please God I want you to get this today. It says, no one, verse 20, will be declared right in God's own sight by works. Someone say, by works. by works. So you can go to church, you can be a good person, you can read your Bible, you can get baptized. Right? But you can't earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. Stay with me, we're going somewhere. So what's the purpose of the law? How many want to know? I mean, well, no. Let's go on to point number two. Three thoughts about the good news. Number two is the purpose of the law is to show you your need of a Savior. To show you your need of a Savior. Verse 20, therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Here we go. We become conscious of our sin. So the, the law shows us that we're all, someone say all. all. Does all mean all? all? That we're all sinners. The law shows us that we are all sinners. Someone say, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Some of you had a hard time saying that. But I'm just being honest. No, you really did. Because you say, I'm a good person. I'm not a sinner. I, I do good deeds for people. I, I'm kind to other people. I believe in karma. <laughs> this is what you said and you know I throw a, I throw a $20 bill in about every other month <laughs> into the offering 
And I'm thinking about serving on the team. I, no, I'm not a sinner. Here, let, let's, do a, let's do a quiz. Are you ready for a quiz? Are you going to be honest on the quiz? Are you going to be honest, class? Okay. How many in here have ever lied? See, some, look around, look around. Some people can't raise their hand. They're lying right now. They're lying. Sir, you're lying in the back. God bless you. There's a special room for you in the basement. It's not flooded anymore. How many in here, here we go, class, question number two. How many in here have ever stole something? I got my hand up. <laughs> right? Okay, hands down, hands down. Because the truth is, some of you stole the fuel pen to write your tithe out. <laughs> They're free. I was just, it's a joke I wanted to add in. You can take them. Don't, some lady's getting it out of her purse right now. She's under condemnation. Lord, don't strike me down. <laughs> just pay double ties and you'll be all right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not really, but. Um, so, so some of you, you, you've stolen, right? How, how many of you have ever held unforgiveness in your heart towards someone? It, turn around. See if someone's hand's not up because they, are, they got it right now. They got it right now, folks. They're struggling. Right, right? Okay. Here's another one. How many have ever been jealous about somewhat, somebody? Yeah, hands up, yeah. Some, some of you are having a hard time raising your hand. Some of you are having a hard time. Because you bought into the lie, hook, line, and sinker of the bad news of religion. And you thought you were a good person. And you thought you did great things for people. And you thought you were right with God. But really, we are all sinners. We are all jacked up. We are all in the same pot. We have all been sinners. And we need a Savior. Listen to this. Listen to this. Until you see yourself as a sinner, you will not see your need for a Savior. Oh, that was worth clapping for. That was worth the price of admission. Until you see yourself as a wretched sinner that is in need of the grace of God, you will not see your need for the Savior. You've been taught a lie all your life, sir, ma'am. You've been taught a lie, the bad news of religion. And you thought if I just did some things, some works, then I, I'm good with God. No, 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 no. Let, let, let's keep moving. Are you all right today? Here's the truth. You cannot, I cannot be good enough for God. Oh, I wish you could see the faces. The law says, the law declares, I need grace. I need mercy. I'm a sinner. In need of a Savior. That's what it points to. Jesus said this, I, I did not come to abolish the laws of Moses and the writings of the prophets, speaking of the Torah, speaking of the Ten Commandments. No, I didn't come to do that. I came to accomplish their purpose. I came to accomplish it. I came to fulfill that law. Because I've heard people say, well, we don't need to obey the Ten Commandments anymore. So we can go kill people and we're good. No. We can go steal our neighbor's wife. No. We can take the Lord's name in vain. We can, we can worship other gods. We can disobey our parents because you said Jesus came to fulfill all of the law. Stay with me. The law was kept perfectly by one person and one person alone. Jesus Christ. 
And all of its penalties against God's sinful people were poured out on Christ. Therefore, the law isn't the path to righteousness anymore. Christ is. The ultimate goal of the law is that we would look to Christ, not law-keeping for our righteousness. That we would point to Christ. That we would point to who? Christ. Here we go. Three thoughts about the good news of Jesus. Number one, you cannot earn God's acceptance by obeying the law. Number two, the purpose of the law is to show you your need of a Savior. And number three, being right with God comes by faith in Christ alone. Say that with me, church. Come on, say it loud, say it proud. Let's go. Being right with God comes by faith in Christ alone. Not by religious works, not by trying harder. By faith in Christ alone. Verse 22 of our text says this. This righteousness is given through faith in who? In who? To some people who believe. Well, if they've committed certain sins, then it's not for them. Oh, to all? Oh, that means your in-laws that you hate? That means the person who hurt you this week, to them too? The person you're holding unforgiveness against, them too? Yeah, them too. That means your ex? Oh, that means the person who ripped you off in that business deal? Oh, it's given to them too? God, you're going to forgive them too? He forgave your dirty self. Some of you don't like this. It's okay. It's okay. It's the gospel. Some of you have never heard this in your life. You think it's heresy, but this is the truth of God's word. You've been taught the bad news of religion. You've been taught the bad news of religion. It says it's through Jesus, and there's no difference between Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter how bad your past is. You don't need religion. You don't need religion plus Jesus. No, you need Christ alone. Now, let me insert this. There are works that should accompany the believer. So there are things in this Bible, because someone just thought, man, I ain't got to be faithful to church anymore, and I ain't even got to pay tithes. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I'm in your head. I ain't even got to serve anymore because, you know, that's works. No, there are fruits of the Spirit, and there are works in the Bible that the New Testament talks about, and there are things that should follow the life of a believer, because when you fall more in love with Jesus, we ain't got to beg you to tithe. We ain't got to beg you to come to church. We ain't got to beg you to serve. You want to. It takes it from a I have to to a I want to because I'm in love with him. Actually, one of the Pharisees, they were having this tense argument with Jesus, and he said, whoa, 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 wait, 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 Jesus, I'm not understanding this. Tell us, Jesus, then, what is the greatest law then? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? We don't have to, we're not under the law. What are you talking about? You came to fulfill the law. He said, here's the greatest, here's the greatest commandments. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. These two are the greatest commandments. Now, if you're going to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you have to know God. I can't love a God that I don't know. Are you with me? So he says, what this is all about is knowing me. Because once you know me and you experience my love, it's a love relationship. And you love me with all your heart your mind, and your soul, and you'll want to follow me. 
It's not a I have to because I'm scared if I don't close this gap. It's a I get to, I want to. Christ has been so good for me. I didn't deserve my sins to be taken on that cross, but he did it for me. I didn't deserve my body to get healed. I didn't deserve all the benefits that Christ has given me. Now now I, I, I want to love him. I want to do what's right. Hmm? He actually said in that verse, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. You want something? You want a revelation today? Love God, love others. You want to be in right standing with God? Love God, love others. Yeah, you're not too sure about that second part, right? Love others. The guy said, who's my neighbor? The guy said, who's my neighbor? I don't have time for it, but he told this story. It boils down to this. Your neighbor is the person who is hurting, the person who is busted, broken, disgusted. The person you work with is it's your family member who is far from God. It's the person who's a wreck. It's the person who's addicted. The person who is out of their mind. The person who just got a divorce. Your neighbor is humanity that is lost. That's what Jesus told them. Love God. Love others. Love God. Love others. Love God. Love others. Love God. Love others. All the laws can be summed up into those two. The only fall in love with God is when you get to know God that's why we put an importance on being faithful to God's house because when you come here you know God in a, in a new way than you knew him before that's why we put importance on personal devotion to Christ every day not just on Sunday that's why we tell you to get your version Bible app out and get in a plan read the verse of the day get a devotional that's why we tell you because when you know God you fall in love with God and it's I it takes it from a I have to to an I want to Serve him. I want to serve him. Religion, performance, performance. Christianity, perfect work of the cross. Religion, all about me. Christianity, all about Jesus. Religion, do, 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 do. A whole lot of do, do. Christianity, done! Exclamation point. Religion, if I obey. Christianity, I get to obey. I want to obey because I'm in love with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Uh, once again, my time is out, but my word is not. Religion, the last few things. Come on, team. Religion has complicated what God made simple. Sir, ma'am, religion has complicated what God made simple. If I had a dollar for every time someone said, I love coming here because it's simple. I get it. I understand what you're saying. I understand about my walk with God. I was raised a different way and they never taught me the simplicity of the gospel. That's what this church is all about. Teaching you the simplicity of the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, the gospel in Jesus Say, come as you are. Come as you are. But that's not suggesting you stay where you are. Hear that? Meeting Jesus puts you on a life-changing journey. So we're not just going to say, here I am, I come as I am. And you show up for a year straight on Sundays the same way you is. And there isn't any forward progress in your relationship. Yeah, the gospels, Jesus say, hey, come as you are. Messed up, sinful, yep, you need a savior. But don't stay where you are. That's why you got a community of believers. That's why you should be connecting with other people. 
That's the power of the church. That's why you should be serving because when you're serving on that team, you're meeting with people. I love it. Every week I hear teams going out. They go to grab a burger, go grab pizza, whatever it is. They're fellowship at people's houses. That, that, that's what you need. That's what the body of Christ is about. You need each other so you don't stay where you are because you can grow from others. Jesus wants us to enter this life-changing journey. Religion complicates with laws. Jesus simplifies with love. Religion complicates with laws. Jesus simplifies with love. Someone say love. So religion, yes, it's a killjoy God. Religion, yeah. Rules, regulations, boring. Can never obtain the obedience for all those laws. Can never do it. It'll put me in bondage. It'll have me in fear. Some of you were raised. A fear-driven gospel. If I do something, God's going to knock me upside the head with his Louisville slugger. And I know he's got a big bat up there. Fear-based. No, 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 no. Perfect love. Cast out fear. When you encounter Jesus, you encounter grace. When you encounter grace, you encounter Jesus. And you start this lifelong journey of life change. Religion, it's a killjoy. But a relationship with Jesus, it's pure joy. Religion, it's a killjoy. But a relationship with Jesus, that's pure joy. Stand with me today. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you, find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.